Uh, our, our scripture reading, as we continue this morning, comes from Matthew chapter 7. Uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 6. Uh, we're continuing in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's kind of Jesus' longest uh, teaching that's all together in one stretch that we find uh, in the Bible. So go ahead and open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 7, uh, verse 1. This, this passage kind of includes uh, what is probably one of the most well-known verses, uh, one of the most well-known sayings of Jesus that we find in the Bible. Uh, the first verse, it's, you know, do not judge so that you may not be judged. Right? I mean, if you were to ask the average person on the street uh, to tell you two verses from the Bible, this is likely going to be one of them, right? I mean, even the person who isn't a Christian, uh, they could probably tell you this verse. Well, you know, the Bible says, do not judge. I know that one. Uh, pastor J.D. Greer, uh, he's a pastor up in North Carolina, he says, uh, judge not is one of the most popular verses in our culture because it seems to fit with two of our culture's most basic assumptions. Uh, that is that religion is private and morality is relative, Right? It means that uh, my religion is my personal preference. My moral choices are personal preferences. And so who are you to tell me that I'm wrong? Or who am I uh, to tell you that, that you have chosen wrongly? Right? So uh, our culture kind of loves this. Well, do not judge, right? Because we, we operate under those, uh, under those pretenses. Uh, and you know, the reality is we all have preferences. Right? We all have things that we prefer. Uh, you know, we prefer Pepsi or Coke. Obviously, Pepsi, right? Um, uh, yes. Uh, Waffle House or IHOP, right? Waffle House, right? Uh, no, smothered, covered, diced. No, this is the best. Or uh, if you're in Florida, if you've been in Florida, you might prefer uh, the University of Florida. Or you might prefer, you know, Florida State University, right? Go nose, right? So now I and my preferences feel like I'm right. You know, and I'm, I'm, I feel pretty good about those, those choices. Uh, your preferences in those things might be something different. Uh, and, and that's okay within some things. But the challenge is, is that we take that kind of idea about preferences over into uh, religion and morality. And we want to say, well, you know, I found something that works for me. And so who are you? To say something, who am I to say uh, you shouldn't believe like that, or you shouldn't behave like that, or you shouldn't do that? And so this verse, do not judge, it gets thrown out like a defense mechanism, right? Anytime somebody says something uh, that uh, that you might think is wrong, or that you say something that they think is wrong, we, we pull out this verse. Well, judge not, judge not. Doesn't the Bible say, do not judge? Is this what Jesus meant? Is that what Jesus meant by it, right? I mean, because this is the same Jesus who uh, just a few verses down the road, uh, a few verses after this is going to say, well, the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it, but the gate is narrow. The road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. Right? I mean, Jesus is obviously saying there is a way that is right. Uh, it, it's a narrow way. Uh, the the easy way, the, the, the wide road, is going to lead to destruction. There's something that's right, there's something that's wrong. There's something that's true, and there's things that are, are not true. Uh, a few chapters later, in Matthew 18, Jesus says, you know, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault uh, between you and him alone. Right? If he's sinned against you, that means obviously he's done something wrong. Right? There is something that's right, there is something that's wrong. There's some way that, that, that hurt has been done. It's not all just relative. Or in John 7, 7, he says... Uh, the world hates me 
because I testify against it that its works are evil. Uh, So Jesus is saying there is something that is true. There is something that we can hold on to, and there are some things that are are false. There are some things that are wrong. And so how do we how do we judge rightly, right? And so what does Jesus mean when he says, do not judge? So we're going to take a look at this in the context of this passage and, and try to hear a few ways that, of what Jesus might be saying when he's telling us, do not judge. What does it mean to judge? Uh, and then how might we know if we're becoming judgy? Like, how do we know if we've crossed that line? So we're reading here, Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. It says, do not judge so that you may not be judged. For with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, let me take the speck out of your eye while the log is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye. And then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Do not give what is holy to dogs. Do not throw your pearls before swine, or they will trample them underfoot, and they will turn and maul you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. All right, so there's uh, two two key points that I'll invite us to take away from this passage. Uh, I mean, we could could spend quite a bit of time uh, in this passage, but there's two key points that I'll invite us to take away as we kind of read this within the context of of Scripture as a whole, as we read it within the context of the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is inviting us into a life of righteousness with him. Uh, And so the first is that uh, when Jesus talks about judging, that judging is not about assessing whether something is right or wrong. Uh, judging is about dismissing someone as a person. Right? Judging isn't saying that, well, this is right or this is wrong, or we should do this or we shouldn't do that. Judging is about when I'm just cutting somebody off, I'm dismissing them, uh, I'm, I'm casting them aside. And the second point that I'll invite us to, to hear this morning is that uh, judging that dismisses somebody else misses the sin that exists within our own lives. Right? We become judgmental, we become hypocritical whenever our approach is always looking uh, out, out there, out at the other person, and we miss what's taking place within our own lives. We miss the, the sin, we miss the, the log, the plank that exists within us. See, w- one of the things that we see within Jesus' life is not that he never made judgments. It's not that he uh, never offered correction or that he never spoke the truth. Jesus often did those things. He was always speaking truth. And there are many times whenever he's offering correction to people, uh, religious and non-religious to to everybody, uh, many times where Jesus is is kind of making judgments, but Jesus never dismissed people, wrote them off entirely. In John 3, 17, uh, Jesus says, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. I mean, so Jesus' coming to earth was a judgment that we were already sinners in need of a savior. But Jesus' coming to earth was not a, a coming and condemning us and casting us off and, and pushing us to the side. Rather than condemning us, writing us off completely, Jesus instead gives his life for us. So he comes and he judged rightly in our case, in, in my affairs and in yours, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Uh, but instead of writing us off, instead of casting us off, he offers us grace. He lays down his life for us. 
And so I would say that, you know, not condemning, like walking in this way of Jesus doesn't mean that we don't tell the truth. It's what happens after we might tell the truth. It's, it's casting that person off after the truth has been spoken. See, what Jesus does for us is after telling us the truth, he, he draws us close. He, he invites us in. He makes us who are sinners friends. One thing that we never see Jesus do is Jesus never says, Hey, y'all, uh, everything goes. Do what you want. Uh, whatever it is that you like, it's all good. No, rather instead, Jesus says, hey, there's some things that you need to clean up within your life. But I'm here to, to help you do that. I'm here to lead you in a way that is going to lead to life here and now in life eternal. And that right there should be uh, the keys, uh, one of the keys in the ways that we think about judging others, right? To, to recognize that, okay, that person might have some things in their life that they need to clean up. So do I. I I've got some things that God needs to do within my life. To recognize that, that each of us has sin within our lives. Each of us has sin within our hearts. Each of us is in need of Jesus to come and to clean us up. So verse 2 in our passage, it says, you know, the judgment that you give will be the judgment that you get. Right. The judgment that you give will be the judgment that you get. If, if you think about it, when Jesus came and uh, pronounced judgment, what was Jesus' judgment that he pronounced upon us? Uh, Jesus' judgment was, was mercy. Right. He, he saw us as sinners. He saw us as, as guilty, but then he pronounced mercy upon us. He offered grace. He offered mercy to us. Each of us has received his mercy. And that should lead the way in which we approach others. That, that should lead the way in how we relate to the people around us. After telling me the truth about who I am, Jesus brought me close. He offered me mercy. And if I remember that, like, won't that impact the way I approach others? If I, if I remember what he's done for me, doesn't that impact the way that I relate to the people around me? And so I would kind of say, you know, the antidote to judging is to remember the gospel. Right? The, the antidote to becoming judgmental is to remember the good news of Jesus Christ. To remember uh, the judgment that Jesus has pronounced upon us and that, that he brought us close. He told us the truth and he offered us grace. He invited us to be near. And so we should do that with others. So, so how do we know uh, if we're being judgmental? Right? How do I know if I've moved from uh, being like Jesus and telling the truth with grace uh, to becoming judgmental, to becoming harsh, to becoming off-putting to others. Uh, and so one thing might be to notice one of those kind of key signs that I've moved into that field of being judgy uh, is if I am more enraged at somebody else's sin than I am at my own. If I'm, if I'm more looking towards what somebody else is doing and I, and I haven't seen what, what's going on. And I, and I think, honestly, this is a place where a lot of us find ourselves. It's, it's so much easier to notice the things that somebody else does wrong than to kind of look and see, wait, hold up. No, maybe, maybe I've got some things that, that I need to clean up here as well. We are, we are oftentimes more consumed by the sin of others than we are with our own. And when we do this, this is the breeding ground for hypocrisy. I'm always looking out, seeing what others are doing wrong, and I'm not noticing where in my own life that I need Christ's work to, to clean up within me. It's the breeding ground 
for hypocrisy. I mean, that's the kind of going around and trying to, to pull the speck out of somebody else's eye while I have this two by four that's hanging out of my own. It's, it's not that other people don't sin, right? I mean, when Jesus is teaching, everybody has something in their eye, right? Like everybody has something, whether it's the speck or the plank, we all have something in our eye. It's, it's hypocrisy. It's, it's failing to recognize that we have some things that we need to clean up as well. To be spiritually mature doesn't mean that we ignore sin. It means that we become more humbly aware of our own. And rather than going around and pointing at the specks that we see in other people's eyes, then instead we, we invite others uh, to see the speck in our eye, to help remove what's going on in our own eyes. We, we invite others into this mutual relationship of, of helping to remove the specks in each other's eyes so that we can see more clearly. Now, I tend to, I tend to watch a decent amount of uh, kind of animal shows. Like, it's good stuff for the family when you're watching some of these different, you know, animal uh, planet, uh, animal uh, networks where they're going around and they're, they're kind of, uh, what is it, planet Earth, and they had like one, two, and three, and then they had the blue Earth. Uh, we love those. It's great. I can count on it to not be, you know, anything that's too crazy. But one of the things that's interesting in a lot of these, and I'm thinking like uh, in particular when you see the chimpanzees uh, and they, uh, they go to another chimpanzee and it's like, hey, I've got some bugs. You want to come pick those out? And, and so then they'll sit there and they'll pick the bugs out of each other's fur. And then when they're done, they kind of turn around and then uh, the chimpanzee picks the bugs out of the other uh, chimpanzee's fur. And they, they kind of have this mutual way of, of cleaning one another, of, of helping each other out, of saying, hey, I got some stuff that I need, I need you to help me with. Uh, and then the other one says, oh, okay, I've got you. And then he says, well, I've got some stuff that I need you to help me with. And, and then they, they mutually work together uh, to be a part of that process of, of cleaning one another up. And I, and I wonder if that might be what Jesus might think about us, right? That we're, we're helping each other to get the bugs out of each other's fur. Like that might be what it means to be a Christian community. That I'm not going around and being like, ooh, look at you and all the bugs that you've got. You might need some work. I, I've got some special shampoo for you. Uh, instead, it's saying, you know, hey, I've got this stuff in my life, and I need you to help me with it. And then you're going to come and say, hey, and I've got this in my life, and I need you to help me with it. You know, I think uh, th- there's this quote that I've often heard. It says, Christianity is one hungry person telling another where to find bread. Uh, and, I, and I think that's part of that outlook that we take. Right? We, we bring a person to Jesus, uh, let Jesus do that work of cleaning them up, and then when they're ready, they'll ask for your help. And cleaning them up. And so, so one sign, right, that we've moved over into being judgy is that we're more enraged at somebody else's sin than our own. Another sign uh, that we have moved into judging is that we fail to forgive. Right? We, we begin to hold things against people. We begin to, to hold on to it. And, and rather than forgiving, we, we let it affect and influence the way that we relate to the people around us. We, we write them off. We cast them aside because we have failed to forgive uh, Jesus tells a parable uh, about this guy who, you know, owed like a million dollars. I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, he owed like a million dollars and, and he comes before the king and the king's about to make him pay and he begs and he pleads for mercy and the king forgives him, wipes his debt completely out. Uh, and so this guy goes out and he runs into somebody who owes him like five bucks. Uh, and you would think that having been forgiven a million dollars, this guy's going to be like, well, you know, okay, you only owe me five. I think I can, I think I can write it off. But instead he goes and he, he says, you know what, I'm going to make sure that you pay me everything that you owe me. If you, if you don't pay me what you owe me, 
you know, then, then you know, you're going to be in hard times. I'm going to make things, I'm going to make life really hard and difficult for you. Jesus' point is that this guy didn't realize how much he had already been forgiven. And so rather than, rather than being forgiving towards others, rather than being merciful towards others, rather than being gracious to this person who had this debt against him, he, he forgot how much he had been forgiven. And so he became judge. He made himself right, the judge, the jury, uh, and ready to convict this person. So our failure to forgive suggests that we haven't understood what Jesus has already done for us. Forgiveness means that, that I'm no longer going to hold what you did against you, which is what Jesus has done for us. Right? Jesus has said, I'm not going to hold your sins against you. In fact, Scripture says, you know, as far as the east is from the west, that's how far our transgressions have been removed from us. Jesus invites us to not only receive that gift, but then he invites us to act that way towards others. A third sign uh, that you might be judging is that you just dismiss people who disagree with you. Right? If you can't be around somebody uh, because they have a different, a different political perspective than you, right? if you can't be around somebody because they have a different moral position than you, you might be judging. You might be moving into that area where it's like, I need to check myself and what's going on in my heart. And there's a tension here for sure because Scripture talks about not being unequally yoked. But then we also see Jesus model uh, this behavior of going to eat with sinners. He goes and he visits and he's present with people who don't quite have it just right. And so there's a point of, of speaking what is true, uh, of, of associating with people who are moving in the same direction in life that you are. And there's also a time uh, that we have to kind of realize, well, maybe there is a place where uh, I, I need to move on because our connection with somebody leads us into temptation that might lead us astray. Uh, I think Jesus would say it's okay if you, if you back out of a destructive relationship, but it doesn't mean that we completely dismiss somebody and we write them off as though they have no hope. To completely dismiss somebody fails to recognize that, that Jesus raised the dead to life. It fails to see the possibility that God could do a supernatural work in somebody else's life. So when Jesus tells us not to judge, he's, he's not telling us, hey, you can't assess the person's position. Rather, he's saying that you need to do so with great clarity and do so without dismissing the person altogether. Uh, the Bible calls this being full of grace and truth. This is the description that it gives to Jesus. This is what Jesus has offered to us, grace and truth. Uh, the truth that we are sinners in need of a Savior, the grace that offers the forgiveness of sins to us. So, so how do we live this out? Now, uh, how do I uh, not cast what is holy to dogs and not throw pearls to pigs? I think what Jesus says is sort of at the end of this section, uh, Jesus is offering us some instructions for how we relate to others. It might be important to know that people might not quite be ready uh, for the truth. We might think that we've got all these great truths that we want to share. Hey, here's all the stuff that you need to know. And people aren't quite ready to hear it. The Bible talks about us living in a spiritual state of blindness before God does this supernatural work to open uh, our eyes, to open our spiritual eyes. Right? And so in our, in our interactions with others, we we, we might be wanting to give them all this information. We might be wanting to give them all of this truth, and they're not in the space where they're ready to hear it yet. 
And so we, we begin our interactions. We begin any kind of spot where we're in relation with others, any kind of space where we want to speak truth and we want to offer grace with prayer. Praying for, for opened eyes, praying for receptive hearts, praying that our own uh, words, our own approach might be something that honors God. Ian Bounds says, we shouldn't try to talk to a person about God without first talking to God about that person. I love that, right? We shouldn't try to talk to a person about God without first talking to God about that person. People don't just need our information. People need regeneration. Uh, that's, that's a work that only God can do. And there's no amount of, of information that you're going to do, that, that you're going to share, that's going to change somebody's heart. That's the work that only God can do. So we pray for people. Uh, we pray for one another. We pray that eyes are open. We pray that we might be able to speak with grace and truth. And that we trust that God does his part in the midst of it. And then we seek to point people to Christ. Right. We, we seek to first point people to Christ. Before we try to offer any sort of moral truths, our, our first thing is pointing people towards Christ. None of the moral implications of Scripture makes sense if Jesus is not Lord. Right. Before a person can take the moral claims of Scripture clearly, they first have to believe and trust that God knows what he's doing. If I don't believe that God has got something figured out and God knows better than I do about this world, I'm not going to hear any kind of moral claim that somebody offers to me. If I haven't first trusted in Jesus, it's going to be a lot harder for me to say, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus' teaching. So before we come at somebody with all of these you know, moral claims, which we believe are true, we first begin by pointing people to Jesus. And the other part of that is that if... If we're walking around with planks in our eyes, then people aren't going to be ready to listen to our moral points anyways. And so first, we get serious about Jesus. We get serious about, about really pointing people towards Jesus. And then we can journey that path towards holiness together. Uh, after we're serious about Jesus, then we can be that kind of people that says, hey, I need, I need you to look into my eye. I think I've got something there. And, and, and you can invite me to, hey, I, I think I've got something in my eye. Can you help me with that? Can you help me see that? Now, there's a, I think there's a lot more that we could gather from this passage, but, uh, but we've got to wrap up. So uh, in short, uh, in, in our lives, in our relationships with others, there's, there's an importance of remembering the gospel. Right, remembering that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. While the person next to you was yet a sinner, Christ died for them. While your neighbor, while the person down the street, while this person that really gets under your skin, while this person who's going off and making wrong decisions, and you could see that while they were yet a sinner, Christ died for them. We see that Jesus came and he offered us truth. He told us the condition about ourselves, that we are all sinners in need of a savior. And then he offered us grace. And he died on the cross, taking on all of our sins. He rose from the dead so that we could have forgiveness of our sins, so that we could be offered new life, so that we could be made a new creation, so that we could know what it is to be reconciled with God. And then we become uh, ministers of reconciliation, those who reconcile with one another and become participants in helping people become reconciled with God. We offer one another truth. 
We offer one another grace, and we live in a way that helps each other to see clearly. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you uh, that that you loved us enough uh, to not withhold telling us the truth, that you did so with such love and with such grace that you invited us to draw near to you. We thank you uh, that that we see in Jesus uh, a love that lays itself down for others. We see in Jesus uh, a model, a way for our own life. And so we pray, Lord, that we might not only be those who have received your grace, but that we might be those who can share your grace and your love with those around us abundantly. That we might speak uh, the truth with grace, that we might point others towards you, and that we might all grow in holiness as we follow Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.